0: And when I stand up there and say, hey, listen, it's okay to not be okay, but it's just not okay to stay that way. And I share with them from my own personal life as a leader, as a pastor a leader, as a leader in our community, as a, as a father, as a husband, I stand and say, listen, I go to counseling. That actually breaks the stigma because I, I know that there's so many amazing teachers on here today and so many amazing people engaged in this conference. But can like I tell you, as a male who's a dad, who's a leader. There's still a stigma that I'm not supposed to be weak. I'm not supposed to have to talk about my feelings. There's still a stigma out there that paints this picture that that I'm supposed to have it all together and I'm this alpha male. And that brings so much more struggles to males who are trying to fight through and make a difference or women who are in leadership, who are afraid to show any kind of emotion or feeling because they're gonna be accused of something silly but when we actually are authentic about our struggles, and I say, listen, I go to a counselor. I talk about that all the time here at our church, that I see a counselor. Because I want our church to know that you can do great things for the kingdom of God. You can be a great dad. You can be a great mom. You can, you can do something awesome, but still need to be able to to have your mental health in check still be able to struggle with with down days still be able to struggle with i'm feeling lost and don't know how to move forward i think it's a beautiful thing that people feel safe in our community to go you know what jeff's a man kind of man but at the same time he's willing to work on his issues i think we have to do that
1: From Hope Made Strong, this is the Care Ministry Podcast, a show about equipping ministry leaders and transforming communities through care. Supporting those in your church and community not only changes individuals' lives, but it grows and strengthens the church. But we want to do that without burning out. So listen in as we learn about tools, strategies, and resources that will equip you and your team and strengthen hope. I'm Laura Howe, and welcome to the Care Ministry Podcast. The show today is a flashback to one of the top viewed sessions in our 2020 Church Mental Health Summit with Jeff Price. Jeff is the lead pastor at Movement Church in my hometown, Woodstock, Ontario. Woo woo, shout out to Woodstock. <laughs> and his session on leading with vulnerability really hit home for a lot of people. So often, as leaders, we can feel like we have to have our life all together. We can't look weak or that we're struggling or feeling overwhelmed because people are coming to us for support and help. <laughs> what kind of help would we be if we were a mess ourselves? But I, I remember this pressure. Sitting across from someone who felt depressed, overwhelmed, and struggled in their relationship and they were coming to me for hope. Little did they know that I felt the same way. And I know many of you have been in that position before. People come to you for support, but on the inside, you're numb or struggling in your personal life, and your relationship is not exactly stellar. You are struggling with imposter syndrome, feel like a hypocrite, or that you are way out of your league and don't belong in the position of supporting other people. Let me just put it out there that no one is perfect. And while as leaders and caregivers, we go through our own ups and downs of life, people are going to continue to look to us for support and guidance. And as someone who is friends with a lot of therapists and social workers, I can tell you that no one has it all together. So just take that pressure off yourself. In fact, it's actually becoming more common in mental health, addiction, and clinical environments to have peers offering support to people as they find recovery. Peers are trained supporters who are non-clinical and have lived experience. These are people who have walked the path. They've been there, done that. They bought that t-shirt. They've overcome their struggle and have completed specialized training to help others overcome they have no clinical background, but their specialty is in being able to relate and connect with people in a way that only those who have struggled can. What research is telling us is that this unique approach and support that peers offer, it improves quality of life, it increases engagement with services, and it increases whole health and self-management. And in some cases, outcomes exceed more traditional care approaches. And I'm sharing this because I want to dispel the myth that struggling as a supporter is going to negatively impact the care you offer. The research tells us the opposite. Not only will you likely become more empathetic to the struggles of others, but by appropriately sharing and being authentic with those who you support, you actually become more effective. Note here that the keyword is appropriately sharing. It would not be appropriate or helpful for you to use your pastoral care appointments to hash through your own stuff or share the raw details of what you're currently struggling with. But when people who look to you hear that you have struggled in the past and have overcome, this offers hope, it, it decreases stigma, and it normalizes being human and struggling. Jeff shares a great quote in his talk, and it offers us so much wisdom. He says, Share your scars, not your wounds. Being authentic and leading with vulnerability doesn't mean you share your open, raw wounds. Well, that wouldn't be appropriate. But being authentic is not being afraid to share the scars or the lessons learned from hardship and challenges. Leading and caring for others can sometimes give us this feeling that we have to have our lives all together. And that's a lot of pressure. In fact, that's impossible. We're all in the process of becoming more like Christ. We all have stuff we're working on. But Jeff's session on leading with vulnerability offers so much wisdom of how being authentic as a leader is actually a strength. It offers hope, breaks down stigma, and propels people to be vulnerable themselves. I hope you enjoyed this session from the 2020 Mental Health Summit. Here's Jeff.
0: Hey everybody, my name is Jeff Price and I'm the lead pastor of Movement Church, which is located in Woodstock, Ontario, Canada. And I'm so honored today to have been asked by Laura to be able to communicate today about a topic called Leading with Vulnerability. Truth is, is I am so out of my element in this conversation because I know there's so many wise doctors and counselors that have been part of this amazing conference. And so really I'm honored that I got the chance to be part of this conversation and talk about something that's really, I think, important for us as leaders of churches specifically to really wrap our heads around. When I got saved and found Jesus at 17 years old and the call of God became relevant in my life or, or, or I acknowledged it and learned it, one of my biggest fears was the fact that I don't know if I have what it takes to be a pastor. In my perspective back then, I looked at these senior pastors and these lead pastors and thought, man, these men, these women are are women of God. They were stoic. They, They almost had this ability where it looked like they were perfect in every sense of the way. They were a jack-of-all-trades. It didn't matter what I went and asked my lead pastor if it was about how to hang a picture properly, how to fix a hole in a wall, how to change the oil in my car, or whether it was about how do you actually interpret revelations. They seemed to have the answers and the knowledge of how to actually do those things. And I don't know about you, but I remember looking at all these pastors' families, the men, like their kids are perfect, their life is perfect. It always seemed to be that there was this mindset that if you are going to be a pastor, if you are going to be a leader in the church, then you had to become kind of perfect. You had to be able to to walk perfectly. And as a young man, thinking about ministry, I was like, oh, bro, if you know my story, there's no way I'm going to fit that model. There's no way I'm going to be able to, to have or paint that kind of picture. And I am so grateful for the men and women who were in my life and who led and were able to do it at such an amazing way. But I remember when I was a young pastor and I was stressing about the fact that I just feel like I didn't have what it takes to be a good pastor, didn't have what it takes to be a good leader. One of the pastors said to me, one of my mentors said, well, son, you're just going to have to fake it till you make it. There was this idea that if you just talk a lot or say a lot or, or just know enough little bits of everything, you can actually fake your way through a conversation that will give people the impression that you know what you're talking about, that you're an expert, that you're a strong leader, that you have all the answers to their life's problems and everything else. And I remember in my very first year of being a, a, a lead pastor, I was 36 years old, and I remember sitting across the table from a family, a, a husband and a wife who were in their late 50s and they were wrestling through. Through bad financial mistakes that they had made and they were they were looking for wisdom of finances and I was like how do I fake it in this I don't know enough I'm like you're like you guys should be my parents teaching me about finances how do I how do I teach you I'm just a pastor I'm 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 a person who teaches the word of God I can teach you some biblical principles of of finances but I'm not a, a person who knows banking and investments and how to turn your life around financially for the last 10 years before you retire I actually think the faking it till you make it was a really negative teaching. And I love that pastor who taught me that. But if you really want to be a leader today, if you really want to lead in our culture, and our next generation, then I really believe that we've got to be authentic and speak to who we really are. I think faking till you make it, it becomes too obvious. In fact, we all know people right now who try too hard. Have you ever been around that, that youth pastor who's in his 40s or 50s, but is still pulling off the skinny jeans and still trying really hard to look like he's still only 20 years old, but it's really obvious by his, his pot belly, it's really obvious by, by his receding hairline that he's no longer in that generation, yet he still acts and talks and dresses like that? And truth is, most people around him are like, dude, you, you aren't really that person anymore. Right? Truth is, in today's culture, when you're reading leadership magazines and leadership blogs, the truth is, is that all these leadership magazines and leadership blogs, when they list out like the top 15 things it takes to be a leader, you see words like authenticity. You see words like transparency. You see words like like, uh, humble. These are all words that they say now that this next generation following us as leaders, that the people who want to be led, they're looking for that. I'm blessed to live in a community where the average age is 41.8 and the average age in my church is 37.4 and I can promise you with everything I have my church knows when I'm faking it they know when I'm I'm trying to pull the wool over their eyes when I'm talking way more than what I should be or when I'm way out of my league in a conversation they know in fact they want me to be authentic. One of the greatest things that I've been able to hear from people when, who attend our church, when they say, man, why are you attending our church? What is it that you found that you love about our church? A so couple of things is uh, the music. They love the music. The, the, another thing we hear all the time is they love our outward focus, that our church is geared for those who are outsiders rather than insiders. Another one is that they love that our Bi- that the way we teach our Bible is practical for today. Like, it, the, the Bible isn't some ancient text, but it actually has value in today's culture. The other one I hear all the time is, because Pastor, you're, you're real. You're vulnerable. You're authentic. And so today I'm talking about this idea of vulnerability, right? Why about vulnerability? So I've taken the idea of transparency, authenticity, uh, humility, and it all down to this idea that if we want to be great leaders today, if we want to have impact in our communities today. We have to be leaders who are willing to be vulnerable. And so I just put a couple ideas on why, why would we be vulnerable? The number one reason I put down was because people actually hate fake news. Uh, Trump has created this entire world of us for the first time understanding that maybe everything we read on the internet isn't real. Maybe everything that, that's coming from news agencies that, that have a, a, a financial dollar attached is it isn't real. Maybe what Facebook is feeding us isn't real. Maybe when I watch somebody's Instagram profile, I'm actually only getting their highlights and not their real life. And so there's been this awakening inside of people over the last few years that we actually hate fake news. We hate to see something that's not real. And can I tell you something? Now, I'm going to tell you something, but I don't want you to call my wife. I don't want you to text my kids. Nobody's perfect. I know. I know. That's, that's a shock. I know that you think you're perfect. I get it. I, I tell my family I'm perfect, right? But the truth is, is nobody is perfect. You and I are people who have struggles. You and I are people who don't have all the answers. You and I have ups and downs. We have days that are absolutely phenomenal, mountaintop top experiences where we feel we can take on the world, and then we have days where I don't want to get out of my bed, I'm scared of the future, and I don't even know what to do. We're not perfect. Our kids aren't perfect. I try to tell my church all the time that don't ever put my kids on a pedestal. They're not perfect. They are regular kids. Yeah, I'm an amazing dad. (laughs) Let's not ask them. But my kids are going to be kids. They're going to make mistakes. We're not perfect. There used to be a time where preachers were put on a pedestal and preachers were expected to go, man, you have to be perfect because you're a pastor. Now the pedestals are gone. In fact, saying to someone that you're a preacher doesn't give you any bonus points. In fact, usually I hide the fact when I talk to people and they ask what I do. I'm like, oh, I'm a motivational speaker. Because right now in today's culture, preachers aren't highlighted anymore as a great thing. In fact, we're usually interpreted as bigots and and all kinds of other hate-related stuff. And so that's what's really going on in society. And if I'm really not perfect and people don't want fake news, then I think we have to become leaders who are vulnerable. Because by being vulnerable, we actually bring people into understanding that we don't think higher of ourselves than what we actually are. The second thing I was thinking about was this, is people admire strength, but they identify with weakness. Man, I love hearing about strong people. I love seeing people do stuff. But you know what happens nine times out of ten? I see somebody who do something so awesome. I'm like, I, I could actually never reach that. I don't know about you, but there's times where I get tired of going to the latest church conference. Not that we're allowed out to go to those anymore, but go to the latest church conference. And I hear about the mega church that spends hundreds of thousands of dollars to do some outreach or some event. And they're teaching us how we can do that as well. And the truth is, I'm like, man, that is strong. I love hearing about the strength of what they can do. But I'm like, that is not realistic in my life, where I'm trying to slug it out in our environment with no budget, with no this, with no that. You've got 350 people working on that one project. I've got like three volunteers trying to make it happen. Right? We know that. that The idea of strength is great. It's cool. But what do I identify? Man, I identify with people's weaknesses. When I look at a church that's like, hey, I'm just like you. And I'm trying to slug it out the best I possibly can in my environment. We got no budget. We got nothing. But here's what we did to try to step up a little higher. Here's what we did to try to have more influence. I identify with that. I go, man, I can learn from that. I can glean from that. Because it's reachable. It's attainable for me to get there. And When we live with vulnerability, instead of us coming across and saying, man, we're perfect. We've got all this together. Here's all of our strengths. When we come up and say, man, you know what? I'm trying to figure it out like everybody else. I don't know, I've never been a dad before. I'm a dad, I have four kids, but I'm still trying to figure it out. And I walk with volunteers. What happens is that actually people go, man, I see myself in that story. I see myself in his life. I can can relate to him. The reality is, is voluntarily breaks down barriers. Instead of it being, man, that guy's so perfect, I can never live up to that. And if that's what it means to be a follower of Jesus, there's no hope for me in that process. But all of a sudden when they go, man, he struggles with that. He's not sure how to handle his finances every single time. He's made some mistakes with, with raising his kids. He's, he's actually failed at points in, 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 in stuff. People actually glean to that and go, man, that actually inspires change. It actually inspires the ability that possibly, that if he's able to still live for God, if he's able to still make a difference for the kingdom, if he's able to still inspire and impact community, then maybe I, with my failures and my brokenness and my insecurities, maybe I can still be used by God too. I think one of the scariest things we've done as leadership is sometimes we've made the ability to create transformational change so impossible. Because we've painted this idea that it's over here and it's so this and it's that and it's so perfect and you've got to have all of your ducks in a line and be from the right lineage and the right history and the right this and the right that and then, then maybe you can be somebody great for the kingdom. But when someone stands up there and they lead from vulnerability and they allow people to see the cracks, they allow people to see who they really are, they allow people to see the struggles that they battle themselves. It actually inspires them to go, then maybe if God can use him, maybe he can use me. Or if God has given him victory in those areas, maybe God can give me victory in my areas. Thirdly, vulnerability breaks stigma. Here in Canada, we have a huge campaign called Bell Let's Talk. And Bell is one of our major telephone networks here in Canada. And and they've put tons of money into this idea of creating the reality that we just need to talk about depression. They've created the reality of saying, man, we actually have to have conversations about it. And they've put it out there. And what they've done is they've slowly broken down the stigma uh, that, hey, if you're struggling with mental health, you're not alone. You're not a loser. You're, you're not a person in isolation. You're, you're not a weak individual. And so when I stand in front of my congregation and talk, and we talk about mental health quite often in our church because it's a real need that's out there in society. It's a real need in the next generation. And so we talk about it a lot. And when I stand up there and say, hey, listen, it's okay to not be okay, but it's just not okay to stay that way. And I share with them from my own personal life as a leader, as a pastor or leader, as a leader in our community, as a, as a father, as a husband, I stand and say, listen, I go to counseling. That actually breaks the stigma because I, I know that there's so many amazing teachers on here today and so many amazing people engaged in this conference. But can I tell you, as a male who's a dad, who's a leader, there's still a stigma that I'm not supposed to be weak. I'm not supposed to have to talk about my feelings. There's still a stigma out there that paints this picture that that I'm supposed to have it all together and I'm this alpha male. And that brings so much more struggles to males who are trying to fight through and make a difference, or women who are in leadership, who are afraid to show any kind of emotion or feeling because they're going to be accused of something silly, but when we actually are authentic about our struggles, and I say, listen, I go to a counselor. I talk about that all the time here at our church, that I see a counselor. Because I want our church to know that you can do great things for the kingdom of God. You can be a great dad. You can be a great mom. You can, you can do something awesome, but still need to be able to, to have your mental health in check, still be able to struggle with, with down days, still be able to struggle with I'm feeling lost and don't know how to move forward. I think it's a beautiful thing that people feel safe in our community to go, you know what, Jeff's a man kind of man, but at the same time he's willing to work on his issues. I think we have to do that. Number four, I wrote down, vulnerability lets you have real conversations with people. Now I know every pastor, every lead pastor makes this statement, our staff is more like a family than we are a team or a staff. But can I tell you, when you lead with vulnerability, it actually puts you in the position to lead your staff in a completely different way. Most of my staff right now is either, was under 35 years old. Between 23 years old and 35 is where most of my staff is sitting. And I've tried to lead with vulnerability before them. And by doing that, that's allowed me to sit with my staff and have really awesome conversations. Awesome conversations about their dreams, their goals, and how do we authentically actually reach those dreams and goals? Or are those dreams and goals actually a little misguided? You know, to sit with someone I've been vulnerable with and say, hey, I, I had those same dreams and goals when I was 24 years old and I wanted to do this and wanted to do that. But now that I'm 43, I realized that my motives were actually wrong. I realized that, that those were more building Jeff Price Ministries than it was building the, the Church of Jesus Christ. I, I realized, and having those authentic conversations allowed me to actually dig into my, my staff and, and help shape them for who they are. Or to say, man, how are you doing with your finances? Or, or you're struggling right now because you're 25 and you've got two kids and you're newly married and you're wondering why you can't reason get your head above water. But man, I've been where you're at. Trust me, don't back down. Keep stepping forward and being able to have authentic conversations about marriage and how to be a better wife or a better husband or, or a better parent to our kids and, or how to even be a better kid to our parents. I'm wrestling through that right now. How do I serve my family as my mom and dad are retiring? And how do we come along as a church and help those who are empty nesters for the first time or who are sitting in isolation as seniors? We're literally able to have these authentic conversations because they've seen me be vulnerable with them. And they've seen that I'm not just coming at my staff like, well, I know what's best because I'm the lead pastor. But rather when we sit around a table and we say, hey, we've got something coming up, whether it be, individual lives or whether it be even be how we lead the church we sit as a table with our staff and say man these are unprecedented times right now we're still in the middle of corona 19 or coronavirus uh covid 19 and we're still in the spot where man for us as a church right now and today we are not open as a as a church we're still closed we're probably going to be closed until at least january and right now our government's talking about the idea of shutting down even more So we may surpass January as a date. I don't come out and pretend I have all the answers. I sit with my staff and go, what do we do? How do we connect? I let 23 year olds and 24 year olds and 27 year olds have a seat at the lead table and share with me things that I would never even think of of how to use media to connect with our community and people. It allows me to dig deeper into their lives but it actually empowers me to have a larger influence on a larger scale because I've been vulnerable enough to let these young leaders have very serious spaces at the table. Now, truth is, is the idea of leading with vulnerability is a biblical thing. The, the truth is, is, Paul is one of my most favorite guys in the New Testament. I mean, not only because he wrote half the New Testament, but here you're looking at a guy who really authentically led with vulnerability. Paul was honest about his past. He talked about all of the amazing accomplishments that he had. He talked about all the amazing stuff he had done, all of his education, all of his passion for, for the church, that he even went out to pursue followers of Christ, Christians, and crucify them, all because he was zealous for God. Like he, he talked about all of his education. And where does he lead all that to? He says, man, all of that was considered rubbish. All of that was considered dung. It, it had no value. Now we talking about vulnerability, say, man, I invested 20 years of my life into a model of ministry and it was the wrong model. And he shares that. Paul doesn't refer to himself as the greatest apostle. He doesn't refer to himself as the, the best Christian. What does Paul refer to himself as? He says, I'm the chief of sinners." Romans 7.15, man, if there's a verse that, man, so speaks to my life, it says this in Romans 7.15, it says, I do not understand what I do. For what I want to do, I do not do. But what I hate, I do. I don't know about you, but I can relate to that. I can relate to that. And so we see this biblical example of a leader who wrote half the New Testament, who never once pretended that he was anything more than what he was. He walked with authenticity. He walked with vulnerability. He let people pass the guard of, I've got to look like I've got it all together. And he opened up his life and said, No, I have failed. I've made mistakes. I put my trust in the wrong things. Man, we actually have writings of him having arguments with people about circumcision and and fights that split up and changed the direction of where people are going. He was vulnerable and let people see the inside, which then became part of our New Testament, which inspires you and I to go, Man, if Paul, the guy who was crucifying people for Jesus, ends up being the guy who writes half the New Testament, maybe... I can stand in a pulpit and I can speak truth to people because I'm just as broken as he is. It allows us to have hope and there's a lesson there that being vulnerable allows us to have impact. Now I want to do a warning because sometimes we talk about vulnerability people have this wrong picture that it means like you just got to get up and like just share your entire heart all the time and you have to be this this kind of weeping person or this person who has no strength or no no backbone you know you're up there standing and saying oh man i've i failed here i've failed there and in all of these mindsets the reality is this healthy vulnerability inspires people to transformation I, I i read it way this way we're to show our scars not our open wounds We don't want to stand up and talk and lead from a perspective of where it looks like we still don't have it figured out or or looks like we're a broken person that can't be trusted. We want to be vulnerable and say, this is what I'm wrestling through with or this is what I battled in the past. There's nothing worse than a person sharing their testimony and they're bawling and crying through the entire testimony and at the end of it you're like, I'm not sure you've gotten victory yet. I want us to lead with vulnerability where we say, man, I've struggled with this. Or I am struggling with this. But this is how God is inspiring me. This is how God is changing me. This is how God is leading me. My goal is I'm still called to lead people. I'm still called to forge new paths. I'm still called to inspire people to transformation. So I need to let me be leading from vulnerability where I'm leading them towards life. Not into we're all screwed together. We don't know what's going on. In fact, I have a story of this with my, my own staff. Just, just the other day, I sat down in a staff meeting and when my executive pastor was like, dude, what are you doing? Because I sat with my staff and basically I was like, I have no idea what we're doing. I don't know what's happening. The world is falling apart. I don't know where we're going. The, the government's cracking down on more. We're going to go a year to a year and a half with probably not having any live in-person meetings. Everything's online and who knows what that really means for numbers. Who knows what that's happening. You know, our finances are doing good, but how long will that last? And I just kind of threw up on my staff all of my own personal fears. And I walked away from that staff meeting feeling, oh man, that was good. I was vulnerable. And my, my executive pastor comes and sits in my office and he has the freedom to do this. And he says, Jeff, That was the worst staff meeting we've ever had. I'm like, what do you mean? He says, there was no hope. They just saw their leader, who's supposed to be helping them lead for change, tell them how scared he is. He didn't inspire them to hope. He didn't land on Jesus is in control. He didn't land on... You just kind of did your own verbal hurt and put it out there. That's not being vulnerable. That was a weak moment in my spot. That was because I didn't bring them to the transformational change. If we want to be leaders who lead from vulnerability, we have to be honest with, yeah, I'm scared. Or I don't know what's happening. Or I don't have all the answers right now. But I do know the one who does. And his name is Jesus. And even though I don't know the answers, I'm putting my faith in him. Because he is the one who guides our steps. He's the one who leads. And we're only called to this world to help inspire others to follow him. And so we want to be leaders who are going to make transformational change in our communities. Then we can't be stoic. We can't be perfect. We can't have all the answers. We have to be leaders who are willing to show emotion, willing to become transparent, willing to be authentic, and willing to let people in, to let our guard down and let them in. But at the same time, we have to be leaders that inspire people that Jesus is in control. And although I don't know how to be the best dad, and I'm going to fail at times, God's grace, His mercy, and His love is sufficient for me. And I will be a good dad because He's a good God. I don't know how to lead in the middle of a, of a pandemic that's turning our world upside down. But God is a good God, and He loves His people. And this isn't my church, it's his church. So he's going to lead and he's going to guide our steps. And we can lean into him for strategy and understanding. I don't know how to take care of finances. I don't know how to do that. But I have a God who shows me that if I'm generous and walk in obedience to his ways, that he will be generous back to me. And so I'll lean into that. We want to inspire people to transform. So I know you're doing amazing things in your church, amazing things in your business, and working in powerful ways. But I want to encourage you today. Would you be a leader who doesn't have it all together, but is authentic and is vulnerable with your people. And that lands people to trust that God is a better person than we are. And that inspires them to walk closer to Him. May you have an amazing day And I hope that God's blessing is poured out in your life in unprecedented ways.
1: Hey, thanks for listening. I encourage you to put what you've heard into action. How are you going to be intentional about building a culture of care, both for yourself and for others at your church? If you've been enjoying the podcast, do you mind doing me a favor? Would you be able to write a review so that it allows others to see and access the podcast more easily? And if you want to be reminded when an episode goes live, make sure you follow. Thanks for connecting. Take care.